so much to talk about. The Liga has wrapped up. Premier League is winding down. And the Copa por Mexico, well, real interesting penalty. Oh. oh, you know, we talk about we, we, the universal, the royal we, talk about, oh, VAR's such a mess. VAR has ruined the game. VAR, oh, really? Watch that Cruz Azul game. Watch that. What? Tell me what Chivas thinks now about VAR, because there's no way, no way, Lawrence, that's a penalty. Well, we will get into that in depth a little bit later in the show, as well as what's to come with Liga MX as the Apertura begins in 2020. But there were some kings crowned in Spain, and that takes us back a couple of days, but it's worth revisiting. And there is the final whistle, Real Madrid champions of 2019-2020 in La Liga. Two goals by Karim Benzema. One from the spot, Madrid 2, Villarreal 1. And the winningest team in the history of La Liga, the winningest team in the history of the Champions League, is back on top of Spanish football once more. That was the second-to-last match day where they wrapped things up and then kind of finished things off this weekend. But it's good to be the king. It is good to be the king, and it and it's good to have all this finally sorted out as far as uh, La Liga goes. I mean, you're looking at a top four with uh, Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, and Sevilla. Those guys are all going to the Champions League, uh, deservedly so. Uh, Villarreal and Rio Sociedad are going to Europe, the Europa League. Uh, sadly, Granada played well, but they're going to miss out because Valencia winning the uh, Copa del Rey. Luckily, they're mediocre and frankly garbage play over the last couple of weeks does not matter so those three guys are going to Europe and then getting relegated uh Leganes uh my boys from Mallorca sorry Steve Nash and Espanyol uh the other club in Barcelona is uh they're all going down to the smart bank but you know going back to Madrid Lawrence it's it's amazing that such a soap opera has a happy ending, at least for now, uh, for most of the players. It was funny seeing all the uh, celebration at the end of the game, and uh, Bale and Jaime Rodriguez are just kind of like looking around like they're the cleanup crew, like, all right, let's get this done so we can clean up all the trash and go home. Uh, you know, they have a big hill to climb coming up in that Champions League match against Man City. Uh, Man City, of course, is up 2-1 on aggregate, so uh, Madrid has to do a lot. But I don't know what's going to happen to Bale. I don't know what's going to happen to Rodriguez. I mean, Bale is a more interesting case because Rodriguez, they can ship out. Like, I see Rodriguez either going to Atletico Madrid or going to Italy. And as far as Bale, I just don't know who has the money. And I think Bale is in the position of, like, if you're not going to the John Lullenstein position of either play me or pay me, he's really more in just the pay me situation. So... I wouldn't be surprised, though, in the mind games that go on between Bale and Zidane. If Zidane plays him against Man City, he scores, and then he sits the bench for the next leg. I mean, it's... Uh, you love Zidane, but then you're like, why are you doing this? It's a mess, but it's not quite the mess that's uh, down the road in Barcelona. Yeah, a lot of mind games, and you, know, you see all the fortunes or misfortunes for these various teams. I mean, watching what was the final match day yesterday and seeing Hatafi on the outside looking into European play, Celta Vigo really just needing to 
do the same or better, perhaps, than Leganes, who really made it a run. I mean, that was a fun match to watch at the very end. And then you got the ones that are like when it was settled, they just wanted to play it safe. That Atleti knew they had third in the bag with a draw, and it probably shouldn't have been a draw. Uh, I was watching that match, but uh, Real Sociedad, when they got the equalizer, did not want to press anything any further because they got the outcome they needed. They just needed at least a draw to uh, be into the mix for the Europa League. So playing it safe was kind of fun and interesting. It was the match day before this final one where it was fun to see BN Sports in the split screen because in the English broadcast that was on BN Sports, it was Phil Shane calling the Barcelona game, and that's worth revisiting. 34th record crown for Real Madrid. And after going more than a decade with just two, maybe, just maybe, it's the start of something special for the Merengues. It's all over, bar the shouting at the Camp Nou. Barca one, Osasuna two. Reverse the scoreline in Madrid. Real Madrid, the champions of Spain. So tough times when it gets down to there was so much excellence, they're not even handing out Ballon d'Ors any longer. I mean, they, they, for this year, they, I don't know if that messes Messi over more than it does Lewandowski. That's another discussion. But it, it, it did not kind of come to the ending that they expect oh, in Barcelona. Messi. But it was dirty, if not messy. Right. There, yeah, Messi is Messi is is pissed. I mean, <laughs> you see his face. And uh, Setien... You know, I think he'll be gone before the Champions League match. You know, they played well yesterday. They took out all their aggression in a 5-0 drubbing. But it's too little too late. I mean, that loss to Osasuna, that may be, you know, that may be the biggest loss Barcelona has had in a couple of years just because of the buildup. Just because of the idea that it was like, Look, Madrid's probably going to win the championship, but we're going to come out, we're going to win these last two games, and we're going to walk into Champions League, a confident team. And that none of that happened. And you, you could have scored 50 goals yesterday, and it still wouldn't have mattered. I think uh, Setien is, is a wrap. Yeah, as it relates to that match against Osasuna, I mean, if you're Barcelona, you obviously want something like that Osasuna then later. But you should note the poetry of Peter <laughs> Drury will always carry the day. Odafemi. Shane Adams finishes Bournemouth off. The cherries may be falling from the tree. That is nasty. This can be a horrid sport. So close to potential salvation. That salvation ripped away. Yeah, that after the good Haas and Hoodlin that Bournemouth got at the hands of uh, Southampton. Two to nothing at that point as it looked like they had evened things up. And now, I mean, maybe, just maybe, Watford falls apart completely in the Premier League. And you've got a situation where goal differential will come into play if there's a tie. I, it, it's, it's disappointing for Bournemouth fans and supporters. But they also realize... Just what a marvelous run it's been in the Premier League. Um, relegation is likely. Eddie Howe did an amazing job getting them into the Premier League. And you, know, you look at it, really, a couple of seasons ago, they were doing like what Sheffield United's doing this season, really making some serious noise. But uh, 
you're seeing already how the relegation is going to go. And I guess at this point, you're looking at it very clearly that Norwich is relegated and it's very likely Bournemouth will be Aston Villa as well most likely unless again Watford completely falls apart uh, and we'll see how that all plays out but you know the the Premier League race when Liverpool took it you you knew it's just now a race for Europe and that is getting interesting because Tottenham keeps winning though yeah you know Jose is going to be able to pull it out of the bag at the last second to keep him from being Sacked, honestly. Bag, sack. I, I mean, that's the best I can do, Lawrence. Your, your Osasuna pun was much better. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you, you, get, you get Spurs. Uh, you got Man U. I mean, Leicester is falling apart, like I said they would. I think Man U is going to make it into that Champions League. And then it all comes down to who gets in the Europe, comes down to how, these, uh, how this final plays out. You know, Arsenal could be able to sneak into Europa by getting a win. And, honestly, the semifinals in the FA Cup were were quite entertaining, honestly. I mean, Chelsea, wow. Really wow. And it was a rough-and-tumble game. And after a while, you thought Manchester United wouldn't have enough players to finish the game. It seemed like people were dropping like flies in that game. The the Ole G show, not so great yesterday at Wembley. I've been singing the praises of Man U the past couple of weeks because everybody gave up for them, left them for dead, said that they, they, they were just uh, they were garbage. And... They've gotten it together, and they've proven to be a good team. But that's the thing about the Premier League is there's like 11 good teams that can win at any 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 game. You know, so just because you're good doesn't that's not going to get you into Europe, and that's not going to get you in the Champions League. And you know, Chelsea is kind of a streaky team too. They're hot and cold, uh, and Man U's hot and cold, and and that's just how it fell. And now the next game to me for the FA Cup is going to be interesting because. A, it has a lot of bearing on what happens to my Spurs and your Wolves on mm. what happens there. And, you know, also the fact that it's like Arsenal who, I mean, they were such trash this year. And now they may sneak into Europe and all may be forgiven. I mean, Arteta, you know, he may have turned the turned this thing around. Yeah, it, it just, it kind of matters at the moment what that match will be for Chelsea, and it has to be a big match for Chelsea. I mean, they, Chelsea will be all out for it. I, I, I have a feeling that Chelsea takes the FA Cup title this year in, in the sense that Lampard has gotten such a bit of momentum kind of cooking at the right time, too. I mean, that, that, that's that been the impressive thing with Chelsea. It's like it started the narrative in the beginning of the campaign was, oh, they're young, they'll be... Now they're, they're ensconced into the third place position and I think we'll take that uh, cup title and then you'll have Arsenal kind of wondering like uh, what could have been but but they still have to play the match and, and that's coming in a couple of weeks the other thing that we were kind of looking at and I kind of mentioned it before but the uh, Ballon d'Or now saying no we're not we're not handing it out there's not enough data there's the, how is that fair to Robert Lewandowski given the fact that Bundesliga did play the full season like and he well I mean what, it, I mean that, it wasn't going to be fair it wasn't going to be fair to Robert Lewandowski anyway because he wasn't going to win no he had so, the best shot of anybody this time oh around. I know oh no there's that's such a legacy title to get the Ballon d'Or I mean every time they've tried to reach outside the the Ronaldo Messi box it's it's not been good I mean you know they gave it to Luka Modric and. I think Luka Modric's a great player, but he wasn't the best player in the world. 
And, you know, I, I think that uh, Lewandowski, I think it's almost better that we sit here and say, this should have been Lewandowski's award, but they're just not going to give it out, as opposed to him losing the Ballon d'Or and us being up in arms. But, yeah, you're right. He's deserved to win it, but there's no way he wins it. All right. Well, he can still make a big, big name for himself with Champions League ahead, and uh, we've got to press people to check out that Champions League preview we did the last time on this feed because it sets the stage and we will do more as time comes but there's a season getting ready to begin and it's going to be what we will be talking about so heavily in the weeks to combo that's right it's time for that football down south Yes, football and inglés is here. And I'll tell you this, Bo, as we look at the Copa por México wrapping up with Jonathan Rodriguez taking care of business for Cruz Azul and getting the machine past the goats, I have a lot that I want to go through with you here about what's to come. And, and, and really, I still maintain that of all these preseason tournaments, the teams to me that looked the best were Tigris and also Pachuca. But Cruz Azul taking victory and hoisting the the vase-sized cup. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think they uh, forgot. I think there was about 10 minutes left in the game, and somebody went, uh-oh, we don't have a trophy. Could you run out and grab us a trophy real quick? Uh, but no, the game, look, the game was marred by what I think was a terrible call. Uh, I don't see that being a penalty. Uh, both teams looked like they were playing to get to the penalty shots at the end. I will say this, though. To me, the team that looked the best through the preseason tournaments and the team I'm most excited to see is Chivas. I thought Chivas played really well. I mean, Cruz Azul, you watch that goal that Chivas scored. Cruz Azul's just standing around looking at each other, you know? And I I think that's a game that Chivas should have won and could have won. And if we, we turn back the clock a little bit more, that game against Club America was exciting. That 4-3 game was the reason that I love Liga MX because it's you know it's 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 even more exciting than than the Bundesliga when it comes to goals and just the quick pace of play and like I said I really like what Guadalajara has done so far this year Antuna Macias I mean those guys are really going to do a lot for them I mean they're not the strongest team on defense but they're they're going to score a lot of goals uh, I mean Macias's goal uh, in that game was incredible and Atuna just his work in the box his patience I mean this is going to pay off for Guadalajara and and we've been waiting on Guadalajara to get back to form over the last couple of years and and I think they're going to they're going to make a great run in this apertura because these games are going to be coming quick uh it's it's going to be a really uh quick season and I also think that the team that can score the most is going to be the team that really does well because I mean the defenses i mean they've they've been you know off because of the the suspension of play because of covid-19 and and so the the technical aspect of the game is going to be kind of a mess for almost every team so it's going to be who has the most creative players who can score and and i think really that's chivas and and the last guy i want to talk about is uh, alexis vega i mean he hit that rocket past ochoa i know i keep on going back to this america game but god that game was so exciting that cruz azul game last night 
I mean, good for Cruz Azul. I'm glad they won. I think they're also going to have a good year. But, I mean, that game was kind of a sleeper compared to some of the other games we watched. And, Lawrence, you talked about Pachuca. The excitement is building for this Apachura, and I think we're going to see lots of goals and lots of excitement in this uh, quick-paced season. Well, yeah, Pachuca and Leon with an amazing, amazing ending where it was just like, who's going to take this thing in the... Telcel Cup was uh, hoisted by Pachuca in the end on penalties, and and that was really fun to see because I I want there to be parity that is even beyond what we're used to in this particular Apertura. Just given that it feels like this is the time where everything is out there and everything's on the table, and a real underdog could shine and capture the imagination of folks that aren't going to be in the stadium but are going to be watching as these games are paced out on television and made very friendly. And I've got to say a couple of very complimentary things about how the scheduling was done very intelligently to make sure that since this was not spectator sports to be, that there's at least something on television every night. And League MX does a really great job with being able to make this a studio sport now that is monetized by having all the branding for all the different clubs and also all of the opportunities to share new messages. And as we look at the teams that are also providing English language social media and and, and we're following them, uh, you know, this is something that we're seeing from Cholos, Atlas, Club Leon, Santos, and America. And in looking at Santos, who will start their Apertura uh, facing Cruz Azul on the road. They're going to be in some tight, tight Charlie away kits. Those things look hot, man. That's that's <laughs> some good stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it. you know, that's that's the fun of, uh, you were talking about earlier the parody. I mean, that's the fun of, of Liga MX is right now. I mean, you look at a team like Monterey, who was the best team, and then they were the worst team in the Clarosura, and you know, their play in the uh, preseason has, has looked really good. You talk about Tigres. That's one of your favorites. But you know what? They drew against Masalan, the new team, the former Monarchs. And, you know, they, the, again, with, with strong goaltending from Fraga, they could get in the top eight. Uh, of course, you still have the Nacoxas uh, of the world, the, those streaky, young, talented teams that can come in and you know, steal five or six wins, and that's going to put them near the top of the table. And, of course, like you said, I mean, Pachuca, you know, Tuzos can do it. You know, they have the marketed talent. They have uh, the ability to come in with these quick games, with this schedule. And, again, you pull off eight or nine wins, and you're going to be set up to go to the playoffs. So, I mean, I, it is it is a wide-open race. There's no team that you can look at like you used to look at Veracruz and be like, well, they're definitely not going to make the top eight. There's no team right now in Liga MX that I'm going to say I, I don't see them with a possibility of being in the top eight. Yeah, the the Mazatlan story is fun because they're coming in with a bold approach. Um, Leon always has a very interesting style at which they bring out their information and their story, and, and that's fun to see that uh, now they've got a little competition there in that same regard because Mazatlan's doing that sort of thing. But but when it gets down to it, the big money is made in this league when America and Chivas are doing well and are counted on to be the luminaries. And for Chivas now, I mean, you you touched on this, but... Macias playing well and doing 
things that would be on an international scale, but for the team in Guadalajara, that will make a big, big difference in the years ahead. Chivas is a business is kind of a little bit ahead of all these other clubs in the sense that they're running their own OTT network with Chivas TV. They have all the advantages, a huge fan base. And now the style of play and the play is matching. It was maybe not the end of the Copa por Mexico that they wanted, but that really didn't matter at that point. I, I just see what's ahead this season for Chivas is not being a make-or-break kind of thing, but being a real boost to the league if they play as well during the Apertura that they did during this preseason tournament. Yeah, that's totally true, and, and that's why I, right now I'm picking them. I, I'm going to go ahead and say Chivas are my favorites. Uh, past that, you know, I, I think that if you look at a team like Club America, like, they're kind of hot and cold. I mean, they may be this year's Monterey. They may be the team that, you know, did so well the season before, and they may not get it done. I mean, you know, you have a lot of issues with, uh, you know, De Los Santos, is he going to play? What can he do? Um, Herrera, you know, he is a legacy coach and has done such a great job with that team. But, you know, there are people calling for him to be replaced. So, you know, hot and cold. I, like I say, Liga MX is built on streaks, and you don't want to go on a losing streak because, you know, just like I said, five or six games can put you in the top eight. Five or six games can put you at the bottom. And even though there isn't relegation, people are going to lose their jobs. Yeah, I mean, Martin, and, and for me, you know, Ibar Juan with uh, Club America is sort of one of those litmus test players. If if they get some of the same kind of production that Tigris gets from Gignac and, you know, Quinones, this is a team that I would fear more just because I think the defense is set up a little bit better. I mean, I was praising Chivas' defense watching the majority of the Copa por Mexico up until the very, very end. Now, I will say Cruz Azul was putting on some mighty, mighty crosses that were leading to some heavy, heavy strikes. But at the same time, you did see the defense soften. That would be my concern without saying that Chivas is your favorite, just given that I don't know where that defense is, Bo. No, I mean, that's true. And I think, though, that the one thing that's going to kind of uh, compress all of these defenses is the fact that I think tactically a lot of these teams, even though we've had these these preseason cups, I think the time off is going to show that, that getting your back line together is not going to be easy for anybody. I mean, if we look at all the other leagues, you know, the first half of every game still kind of seems to be like the first time anybody's ever played soccer. And I kind of feel like it's going to be like that as, you know, these coaches are going to really have to work on how they manage the back line. I mean, I will say something that I was really impressed with with Cruz Azul last night was how they worked in formation. You know, when I watch another league, which I won't mention, but takes place on ESPN and maybe they play games in the United States, by the middle or end of the game, it's basically like two scrimmages are going on and they're just kicking the ball back and forth over the half. And it's, you know, we got 5v5 over here and 5v5 over here. And Cruz Azul, through the entire game, 90 minutes into this game, they're still holding formation. You know, they're still working in form. It was a very Atletico Madrid kind of movement to just see how this team was holding their shape that far into the game. So, you know, I think it's not necessarily the players. I always say it always comes down to the players. And I think it does when it comes to scoring goals. But I think on defense, it's going to be about how well 
these coaches are able to technically come in and get their teams clicking on the back line. And I think that that's going to go towards more of the coaches who, who, who are more tacticians instead of personality managers. And so, you know, we'll see how the defenses play out. I think that's one thing that bodes well for Guadalajara is they don't need to go out and panic and go get a, themselves another, another guy in the back. They just need to make sure that technically they are strong on the back line and that they're holding their formation. I mean, that's what they weren't doing very well against Club America, but that's something that can be taught in a film session. That's not something that has to be bought. Well, as I've researched what's to come here, you, you see the game starting, obviously, on Thursday, July 23rd, as uh, Atletico San Luis and Juarez lock horns. That game, I do not believe, will be available for televised uh, viewing in the United States on any of the platforms. I think it's just in Mexico alone. But the coverage does pick up on 2DNA on Friday. Uh, Nicaxa Tigris uh, scheduled to Face off and uh, Mazatlan Puebla. We will be watching that as uh, it does hold some great insight to what this Mazatlan team could be. And then the things I'm kind of also looking really forward to are, yes, Cruz Azul, Santos on Saturday, and and really Cholos and Atlas uh, in the in the nightcap as well on Saturday. So this is already coming out with because of these preseason tournaments some things to really be kind of looking at and looking forward to and i i I guess i can't forget i mean the kings of leon and chivas facing each other in the earlier game on saturday so friday and saturday really time to dig into all this and nice matchups to start the whole thing off and i guess when you look at all the ways now that we can watch this the 2DNA app has the various sub-channels, and they use those during Europa League and Champions League, but uh, the extra coverage, being able to go there, ESPN Deportes with some of these games, enjoying the Copa por Mexico where it wasn't just on 2DNA because there's kind of other sports now trickling up at the same time. Soon basketball, baseball starting here in the next couple of days as well as the uh, Liga MX begins. So the fans that were tuning into soccer just because it was the sports that were on at the time back when Bundesliga brought it back first and then you had you know the Serie A and La Liga and Premier League kind of trickle back in now Liga MX is going to be going up against some other sports but to us that doesn't matter because we're really glued to this first weekend of action and what's to come and I'm just glad to know that there's so many ways now to be able to really dig in and watch this and do it reliably and we love to be able to talk about la liga as much as we do on sound system fc but in this case what bn sports has done with la liga i'm hoping that 2dna kind of goes down that path with liga mx coverage because this is fantastic stuff that really it's time to dig into oh definitely and and again you know, I think the idea that you're going to have all these games in prime time, I, I think the audience will definitely grow because people want quality soccer. And, you know, once these leagues wrap up, like you said, La Liga is wrapped up. Premier League's about to wrap up. We do have Champions League in August for a couple of days. But honestly, this is the best soccer on TV right now. And so enjoy. We certainly will enjoy all the matches to come. With Bo Byerly, I'm Lawrence Scott. Thanks so much for joining us.